Father in heaven, I thank you so much for uh, a morning to uh, wake up, get out of bed, and, um, and come be with friends and study your word and look at the life of Jesus, consider Jesus, and uh, what it is that he offers to us. Thank you, Lord, for this morning that was never promised to us. And, uh, Lord, we know that there are many who would love to be able to get up and uh, come and worship in a place like this. So may we not take this for granted, Lord, but may we see it for the gift that it truly is. Would you give us uh, eyes to see and ears to hear this morning, that we would consider uh, what it is that you're doing in our hearts. Help us to take our focus off uh, the other guy, to uh, not think about what lies ahead today, um, but Lord, just to allow you to do work in our hearts, that, um, Father, you would deal with the disease, the sin, the affliction in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. All right, well, so this morning we're, um, you should have studied a little bit of John 4 and, and John 5. And uh, there, there's a, again, there's a lot there that I'd love to unpack, but because of the, the time limitations, I'm only going to look at the very beginning of John chapter 5, and I'm going to answer one of the discussion questions that's in your curriculum that I know you've already spent some time with that perhaps has um, caused you to scratch your head a little bit. I want to dive in here because I, I love... Uh, this little story. The question is, describe the setting near the pool in Bethesda. Why do you think Jesus was asked the man if he wanted to get well? What might be the, quote-unquote, something worse that will happen to the healed man if he doesn't stop sinning? All right? So, let's jump into this. Verses 1 through 5, we see the, uh, the setting. It says this, After this, there was a feast of the, Jew, of the Jews. Some, um, some people believe that this was the Passover feast. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which means healing. And, you know, Bethesda, Maryland is where um, our country has some of the brightest minds and doctors who are um, battling disease. But that's where this idea comes from. That name is taken from Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there uh, who had been an invalid for 38 years. Now, I just want you, you know, when you read the Bible, gang, if you read it like you're watching a black and white TV, you're going to miss something. You need to read it in, you know, full color HD TV. You just got to stop. And especially as you work your way through the gospel, slow it down and imagine this. You're um, walking into a scene in Jerusalem where there's a series of pools and there are people who believe that if they could just get into this water, that somehow, somehow that would be the source of their healing. And there is a man who is beside the lame, the crippled, the blind. There is a man who has been suffering for 38 years. That's a long time. 38 years. Not 38 minutes. Think about that. If we're stuck in traffic for 38 minutes, we're in a bad mood, right? Not 38 days. 38 years this man has suffered. So put yourself in his shoes. And here comes Jesus. And I've got to be honest with you. The first time you read this, you just kind of go, this is absurd. Because... In verse 6, we see Jesus' seemingly ridiculous question, right? It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, that's an understatement, how about 38 years suffering with this, he said to him, do you want to be healed? What kind of question is that? Isn't Jesus the 
omniscient? Isn't he God? Do you want to be healed? I mean, if any of you have ever uh, battled a, a chronic illness or have had a loved one battling a chronic illness, um, you know just in some ways how insulting this could have sounded. Do you want to get hit? Well, of course I want to be healed. Are you crazy? I've just been suffering for 38 years, Lord. I thought you were the Messiah. I thought you could just say it and I would be healed. And Jesus comes and goes, hey, no, no, hey, do you want to be healed? And so at this point, as I read this, I'm kind of scratching my head going, man, what's he getting to? Do you want to be healed? That's a ridiculous question. Of course he wants to be healed. And then in verses 7 through 9, we see the miracle. The sick man says to him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up and while I'm going... Uh, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed. And he took up his bed, and he walked. As I looked at this, um, it's not so much the miracle that grabbed me. It's the question that Jesus asked that grabbed me. And I kept thinking about this. Do you want to get healed? Do you want to get well? And I started thinking about my own life. You know, what was Jesus driving at? You know, gang, I'm convinced that, you know, we may not have battled paralysis for 38 years, but there's many of us in this room who continue to battle chronic sin in our lives. There's disease that we are willing to put up with and tolerate that we live with that we kind of allow to capture our hearts what disease are you living with man what disease are you allowing to take root in your heart you know maybe it's not so gross that uh, by people see it by outward appearance but you know in your heart man it's starting to fester Maybe it's materialism, which is easy to hide in our society. Maybe it's anger. Anger with your family. Anger with your loved ones. A sharp tone. Maybe it's a lack of forgiveness. Maybe you're so bitter against your dad right now that you have yet to forgive him. And it's killing your relationship with him. And it's impacting your relationship with others. Maybe it's lust. And it's so common now that when you meet with your friends and those in your community group, it's just kind of like, yeah, man, you know, I'm still dealing with that. Kind of like, you know, it's just to be expected now. I'll never win that one. And it's chronic and it's a disease that you're just continuing to tolerate. Maybe it's pride or selfishness. I don't know. But what's the disease right now, man, if... If Jesus were to walk in to this room, he'd go, hey man, we need to get to work on that one. And I think the question he'd ask you is, do you want to get well? Are you willing to deal with the disease, the sin in your life? Do you want to get well? You see, just by nature of my position here at Watermark, I have the opportunity uh, constantly just to interact and 
uh, with folks who are part of this body and, and help shepherd them and walk them through just struggles in their life and challenges they're facing in their life. And I've taken a, a page out of Jesus' playbook, if you will, and I often ask this question. Hey, man, do you want to get well? You see, I've, ha- I've seen it happen many times before. Some, you know, a couple will come in and their marriage is, is in a bad spot. And, and really, what they want is they just want us to stop the bleeding. Will you just help stop the bleeding so we can have a good weekend and get along and you know, not make a scene in front of our kids? Teach us how to, to argue in a way that we might just be more respectful of each other. And I go, no, no, no. Do you want to get well? I'm not talking about dealing with the symptoms. I'm not just talking about what's on the outside, a temporary fix. I'm talking about, do you want to get well? That's a whole other question. What would it look like today for you to arise, or as the ESV says, to get up? What will it look like for you today to get up, take up your pallet, and walk? Whatever disease that maybe I mentioned or didn't mention, but you know in your heart that you continually to struggle and battle with, maybe this is just not a good season in your life because right now you find yourself in isolation or anger or bitterness or insensitivity or pride or whatever it is. And Jesus is asking you, hey man, do you want to get well? To overcome your indifference, to overcome your apathy, to overcome the kind of resignation of, well, you know, it's just the way guys are. Well, you know, these are just my circumstances. Well, somebody just helped me get in that pool. Well, whatever it is, and on and on and on it is. No, 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 man, cut through all that, and do you want to get well? What would it look like for you to take the steps toward Jesus in surrendering to Him in repentance? To not being apathetic, to not being indifferent, but going, I'm, I, it's time for me to be serious about these issues in my life. It's time for me to face them. Not just go to summit and go through the motions and check the box. I'm talking about getting after it. What would that look like? Not just getting my marriage in a point where, you know, she can tolerate me. I just get to the point, you know, where I can take my son out for a great weekend so, you know, I can make up for six months of being absent. But man, we got a great weekend ahead. What does it, does the Lord need to do in your heart this morning to deal with the disease and the sin in your life that you continue to tolerate and allow room for in your heart? What are you willing to do about it? You see, the reality is, many of us, we really don't want to get well. I want to be saved from these circumstances. I want to be saved from the pain of my decisions. But to get well is to know and trust, believe and follow Jesus. That's what it means to get well. To surrender our lives to His will. To walk in submission to His will. To trust Him. To be humble. To recognize we don't have all the answers. And where we think there is healing in this pool right here, man, there ain't healing there. It's superstition. Healing is talking to you. Healing is face-to-face right now with you. 
And that guy's still focused on the pool and goes, Jesus goes, hey, you're missing it. And what I love about this story is Jesus doesn't just heal him. In verse 14, we see a warning, right? In verse 14, Jesus says, hey, now that I've dealt with the physical disease, now that I've dealt with this temporary pain in your life, now I want to deal with something even greater. You think I can heal you? You think it's impressive that I can deal with your paralysis? I'm going to deal with your heart of rebellion that doesn't know me. Verse 14 says, After Jesus found him in the temple, Jesus sought him out. Jesus went looking for him. And says to him, See, you are well. Hey man, I did. At 38 years of paralysis, you're well, man. You can walk. Isn't that good? That's good. Sin no more. That nothing worse may happen to you. That nothing worse may happen to you. What's he talking about? That's something worse. There is something worse, gang, awaiting us who don't know Christ than paralysis. There is something worse. And it's meeting God on the day of judgment, not have having had a relationship with Christ. There will be something far worse. And Jesus doesn't want this guy to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it. And I don't want your friends to miss it. And I don't want us just to come to Summit and wake up early and get a bad donut, drink some coffee and go through the motions with our friends. And the whole time we miss it. But to sit there and recognize, you know what, I've got disease in my life. I've got crud in my life. I haven't dealt with Jesus. And I don't need a temporary fix. I need a rebirth. I need Christ to transform my heart. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. John 5.24. You guys know that verse? Sound familiar to you? I hope. Right? That's the memory verse. And it says... And this is a great verse. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word. Have you heard God's word? He's playing the salvation, the way of hope, the escape from eternal judgment and separation from him. Have you heard it? And believes him who sent me. Have you believed in the Father, in the Son, what the Son has done for you? Have you? What does it say? Believes him who sent me has eternal life. Has eternal life or may have eternal life? Has eternal life or could have eternal life? Has eternal life. And does not come into judgment. Does not come into judgment, may not come into judgment. Does not come into judgment. But what? But has passed out of death into life. John 5.24 is a verse we commit to memory, not just so we can check a box with our friends. John 5.24, man, is the gospel. And it's the passage I take to people who are struggling with the gift of salvation or going, man, this is too good to be true. Is it really true? And wondering, can they really know that they're saved? And you sit there and go, read this with me. And you just break it down. Have you heard? Have you believed? Does it say may? Does it say could? Does it say will? And just walk them through just like I did with you. Gang, what Christ offers us is something much more than a temporary fix. He offers us eternal life.
And when I say eternal life, I don't mean a life that's great once we die. I'm talking about eternal life. Life here. Life here. Real life. One that far surpasses a a quick buzz or a temporary fix. Real life. But many of us are willing just to sit around the pool looking for all other resources to help us except for looking right at the one who offers us eternal life. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, I thank you for my friends. And Lord, I pray that you'd forgive us how we tolerate sin in our lives. How we um, allow sin to fester. And um, I thank you, Father, that you offer a real solution in the person of Christ. Lord, we love you. And, And Father, I pray that our lives would reflect that love. That, Lord, our, our hearts would be so captured by the forgiveness that you offer us, Lord, that we would want um, to yield ourselves to your Spirit in every circumstance in our lives and rid ourselves of, of darkness and, um, and deception and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. So, Lord, we love you. We give you this morning. Uh, do surgery in our hearts, Lord. Expose those areas, Lord, we want to cover up. And, um, and Lord, help us just to be the men you call us to be today in our homes, in our workplace, and in our communities. In Christ's name, amen.